Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back to another episode of the Normal to Nomad podcast. For those of you watching today on YouTube, we are wearing our sunglasses. Not because it's super sunny, but it's actually the opposite. There is a ton of snow coming down right now. It's strangely bright in here, but the lighting is better than normal because it's evenly distributed. Yeah. It's counterintuitive. It looks good, and hopefully you can see the view maybe out of our sunglasses today. But... Today we're going to be jumping into our relationship, something that I suppose we don't talk about too terribly often. We're going to talk about a little bit about how we met, because I know a lot of you have heard that story. Um, gender roles in our relationship, our views on marriage, and maybe some stories that you have not heard before. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Normal to Nomad podcast, where we share stories, thoughts, ideas, and conversations on our journey to find balance with nature in a technologically advanced world. My name's Baron, And I'm Elsa. We've lived five years on the road in our 13-foot scamp trailer, exploring the backcountry of the West with our dog, Camp. Now, we dive into a new chapter as we build an off-grid home on our land in Colorado. You want to start with how we met? Yes. I know that we have talked about this in certain YouTube videos, so sorry if you've heard this before, but I think it's a really cute story. We were both in college. Well, I was in college. You were at in yeah. my college town. You yeah. had gone to the same college, and it was the 4th of July. We were walking down the street. I think it was not quite yet fireworks. I don't know. Had we seen fireworks? I don't remember. It Doesn't was matter. all kind of blurry. We were walking down the street toward each other. I was with some girlfriends. He was with a guy friend. And I saw them and walked across the street and asked if I could blatantly flirt with them. And, and I said, like, yes. What? So I was like, excellent. And that sparks was it. flew. <laughs> Fireworks happened. I feel like we've told this story so many times that. It's not. It's lost its kind of charm, even though it's a really charming story. So charming. And I went. I with, was so eloquent with my words. <laughs> and I went back, uh, I guess, with one of my girlfriends to your friend's house, Ryan Moore, and I. I don't know. I guess we we hung out, and as we were leaving, Baron, surprise, kissed me on the lips right as we were walking out the door, and I was pretty drunk. I was really drunk. And I walked right into the door frame instead of out the door, like hit my head on the door frame. That's when I knew we were meant to be. Yeah. Terrible. God. So embarrassing. So em- at the time. Now it's I don't hilarious. even know that I noticed it. Uh, I bet that you did. I bet How- I did. Yeah. I thought you were so exotic because you had like all these like rings and stuff on and like your, I don't know, earrings and Nose some ring crazy gauges. outfit. And your name was Elsa, so I was like, whoa, she's not from these parts. <laughs> Turns out she was from these parts, and it was all an act. I mean, I'm pretty exotic. Yeah. I, you came to my apartment a few days later, and I was playing N64. Thought that was neat. You didn't think my messy bedroom was neat, no, though. It no, was, it was frightening. That apartment was. I didn't spend a lot of time at that apartment. Mm-hmm. Well, it was gnarly. Yeah. That yep. place. Let's, Maybe that's part of the let's just why. leave it at that. That okay. apartment was s- frightening. I, but uh, it didn't deter me, which is good. And then uh, ever since, we've been like together ever since. And we pretty shortly after that moved in together like right after you graduated KU right yeah but i mean that was like 2 years yeah actually we didn't move in move in together for a couple years but you'd stay the night at my house in uh come and visit you in college and then i would stay at your house quite often in yeah. Kansas City cuz i had a job in Kansas City that i would commute back to back for so it was really nice of your family to let me crash yeah. there and then we got an apartment together and that little apartment was awesome. Yeah, that apartment is actually a huge inspiration for our whole house design right yeah. now. It was so simple. Just a kitchen downstairs, kitchen laundry room downstairs. We will not be having a laundry machine like that anyway. We, we, quickly, we've been looking at the sort of 
uh, human-powered laundry machines. Yeah. There's an Amish website that sells a bunch of cool stuff, and I can't decide between glasses and no glasses. It's a little dark with them, a little bright without them. Yeah. Um, and then it had a living room, then these floating stairs, and then a be- one bedroom upstairs and the bathroom upstairs, and that was just the best setup. So yeah, I was you, that was when you were doing like a decent bit of face painting and makeup. Yeah, so you could I was be really getting into doing YouTube. Thing. Uh-huh. And we kind of had your studio set up up there. Right? Yeah, like in our bedroom, and yeah. then you did all your computer work downstairs. But you were also driving downtown for your job at the time. Yeah, in the mini, so just about it every worked day. out. We kept our big, big old lizard, our tegu, underneath the floating stairs. And I had a micro saltwater tank. It was yeah, that's incredible. Right. Yeah, that was a cool, it was just the perfect amount of space for us. And it. But that felt like when we were moving into it, I think we were in, we weren't really into the idea of tiny houses at that point, right? You were just entering it because yeah. that was right when you told me about tiny houses. And, and we kind of got into the tiny house community in Kansas City and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had never, I don't think I had ever really known about tiny houses until that apartment when you kind of said, wow, we could make that work. We could go even smaller than this. Yeah. And you were like, uh, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> but then we did. Um, so then after that apartment, we moved downtown. And that was nice because I didn't have to commute so far. But then I kind of quit working at that place shortly. Or not shortly after, but soon after. Where did we live downtown? Wyandotte. Oh, no, no. Before that, we had a house from a family friend. Oh, we did. Wow. I totally forgot about it. That was like years that I just forgot about. Yeah. That was a really wonderful time. It That's was... when we got camp. Mm-hmm, and, and he had a had backyard. A, yeah. And we had to like, there was a doggy door out. So you come in from the back backyard and there was a doggy door to get into the garage. And... We had to leave like a 25-foot rope on camp in the backyard so that we could catch him because he was such a problem. He wouldn't come back for anything, and he would come to the doggy door. And initially, you could call him in with a treat and then close the doggy door behind him. One of us would hide at the doggy door and, like, trap him. And then he caught on to that, so then he would come in and just poke his head into the doggy door and eventually got to the point where he would punch the doggy door and listen to see if we were near the door before he would come in that was so frustrating and our fence wasn't like camp proof enough to Mm -hmm. leave him out overnight he got out a couple times i think and that's the absolute worst when you go out looking for him in the backyard and realize that he's not there yeah it's terrifying but that was a really fun way to we went from our first apartment which felt i felt really cool moving in i'd never moved into an apartment with a guy before so it it i don't know it was kind of a big deal but yeah. we we knew going into it we have been very serious from the start of our relationship so it wasn't a big surprise for me to know that we'd be moving in together but it was also kind of a one of those things that solidified our relationship a little bit and thinking back that house was really nice but i almost liked the apartment more like the house was a little bit bigger and the backyard was awesome but like if i could have had the apartment on that yard i think i would have chosen the apartment yeah it was i don't know it was a nice little setup Mm -hmm. less to take care of the house had kitchen living room two bedrooms one bathroom and then a basement where i did all my body paint and stuff and we turned the second bedroom into a computer place Mm mm-hmm And then Alec actually moved in with us for a little bit. Mm -hmm. That was fun. So then we moved to the Wyandotte house, which was like Westport area in Kansas City, kind of close to downtown. And that's where we ended up getting this camp. And that time was pretty tumultuous for our relationship. It was like lots lots of things changing, lots of things in the air. We were trying to do new stuff and trying to like move away from the work that we had been doing. We knew we were getting ready to get going. Yeah. We knew we wanted something different. There and, was a lot of change in the air. And you had been kind of traveling a lot around that time. We had a new big friend group. Yeah. So that introduced us to a lot of different things. I went and did a couple ayahuasca ceremonies and just went through a lot of big transformations. It was a big, big year. That was 2016. So then we were working on the scamp. 
or I was working on this camp and you were in Thailand? In Vietnam. Vietnam, okay. And then when you got back, the day that you got back, we moved into this camp. But we moved into this camp and like went over to a friend's house. But we had to like, while you were out of town, I was getting ready to move, like packing up all of our stuff and cleaning the house and everything. And then we got the camp and left like hours after you got home. So that was, that was intense. That was, that was probably the, the only time that it was like a serious question of, are we going to continue doing this long term? Yeah. At least in my mind, it just was like, this is so much, so much newness. And it is, it, there was a lot of fear too, of doing something so truly insane to leave everyone and everything that we had known in Kansas city to live in a teeny tiny eggshell together. And we hadn't like the scamp wasn't done. So I think, and it was all moldy and stuff. And I was trying to really clean it up and make it livable. And Elsa and I kind of had different perspectives on what livable was because I was like (laughs) super happy with it. If you can breathe inside and we can stay warm, we're good. And I wanted it to be done. I wanted to have like cabinet doors and drawers and I wanted it to look like a finished camper. And to, yeah, especially for YouTube, because we knew we were going to be putting it on YouTube soon after that. Yeah, I feel like, and we're going to talk a little bit about gender roles later, because we have some thoughts on that. But I don't know, I didn't mean to be just this the freaking wife that doesn't want it unless it looks pretty. You know, I've, I've learned since living in the scamp that I don't need all the things that I think I need. Well, I think part of that was probably insecurity, like thinking about what other people would think of you. And yeah, us. my parents. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, there were lots of people in our lives that were not supportive of what we were doing. Why? How, how could we then? It's kind of crazy that we still did it. We did it anyway. Yeah. We were strong enough within ourselves. And that sort of defiant nature that we have where people were telling us to not, that's not going to work. So it was like, okay, now it's for sure going to work because you gave me the motivation to make it work. And we were also, I guess that would have been like, I was 25, you were 27, like mid twenties, full of youth and adventure i mean we're we're 30 now we're still full of youth and adventure but we had kind of proven ourselves to ourselves though like we'd done a number of things like started up businesses and like had different like tried different career paths and found some success in them yeah could make money as contractors not bound to go into an office so that was very helpful for sure yeah so we knew we could do it yeah but and also why not why not give it a shot right so then we moved into this camp, and that's a whole new story began. I mean, for real. Yeah. It really did. Because beforehand, Hold it's... On. Before we get there, though, it's time for a sponsorship. Oh, right. <laughs> Our first sponsor today is ElsaRay.com. Wow, thank you, ElsaRay.com. <laughs> thank you so much. We really appreciate having you as a sponsor of our podcast. Um, go to ElsaRay.com to find all of your... Cute ass pins, stickers, and soon jewelry. Soon some beautiful jewelry. And our second sponsor is normal, the number two nomad.com, where we have lots of podcasts. <laughs> lots of podcasts. <laughs> also incredible blog posts and soon to be an incredible, incredible book. I'm excited to get back to writing on my blog once I get the book finished. Yeah. Any time that I would be doing that, I'm trying to invest the time in the book. I cannot wait for you guys to get your hands on this book because if you have read his blog posts, he's such a thoughtful writer. And so now to have this all compiled into a book is, it's actually insane. It's going to be pretty cool. I know we keep teasing it and we don't have a date, but we're not going to be doing it with any publisher. So we don't have to wait for any kind of stuff like that. Once, but that kind of, I got to figure it all out as I go. So yeah. And it it'll be difficult. a really awesome thing for you to know how to do all this stuff. Yeah. I think after you go through the work of learning it. But and we're going to do a digital version first. And then depending on how that's received, I'll update the book some. And then we'll do a physical and audio book after that. And I'm actually working with a buddy 
to um, like integrate different sketches and help with the it design. It looks so cool. It not only reads so well, but now it's starting to just really look so cool. And this duo here of him and Alec, they have done a lot of web work in the past. I think we talked and about Alec. and everything. Yeah, else. in the last podcast. So this tag team of you two, it's going to be incredible. And it's the first project that we've worked on together in a long time. So it's amazing his eye for design because I know good design when I see it, but it's hard for me to like make it happen. So I'll get like partway there. And then he just makes these minor, well, what looks like minor, but it makes a world of difference tweaks. And then it's like perfect. And it's always so frustrating because I watch him do it and I'm like, oh, I could do that. And then he gets in and just like tweaks things just slightly. And then it looks professional rather than looking like a child did it. (laughs) And it's so nice to have him do the design work. I feel like I could handle doing design work, but I am just perpetually so critical that then I don't want to do any of it. Mm -hmm. I start something and it's like, no, this isn't good enough for what you're trying to do. Yeah. So I'm glad. Send it. I will help make videos about it and yeah, rock on. It'll be great. Okay. So what I wanted to say was before we moved into the scamp, my kind of view of relationships and our relationship was pretty classic I had always like thought, traditional. yeah, I always thought that I would be married before I was 25. And I, I even told your mom, it was, this was like two and a half years, three years after we started dating. I had found this really beautiful, just <laughs> simple dress on free people. And I showed your mom and was like, what do you think? I know we're not going to have a wedding anytime soon, but what should I buy it? And she said, yeah, go for it. And by the time I ended up actually wanting to do it, I didn't have any money then. Uh, it was gone. And it was like Forrest Gump dress. But Another hilarious thing that happened is I was working with a company, Tivil, in Kansas City that makes, they are a uh, engagement and ring distributor, like jewelry distributor. So I had, I was like building a website full of rings. And then you saw this website full of engagement rings. and Well, I walked in on you and saw you scrolling through a bunch of engagement rings. And I'm like, oh, oh, and ran downstairs. I didn't want you to know that, know that I knew. But, yeah, I was just building a website. And then Oops. I saw a week or two later, this was just before Christmas, I saw a text pop up on your phone from your uncle saying, does she know? And I thought, and I didn't want to like go into your phone and read anymore because I did, I wanted it to be a surprise. So I didn't, that was all that I saw, all that I knew. Then we went to the Christmas party at your parents' house and I'm like all prepared to be proposed to. And his uncle was actually coming as a surprise to the surprise party. Like and he's, I'm the only person that he told that he was coming into town. So his mom, she did not know. Yeah. And we went through the whole night, and I was never proposed to. And then I—I I don't know if I when I ever told you, but I kind of had no idea that that was going through your head. Well, and I didn't want—I didn't want to have any idea. I wanted it to be a surprise because that's what I've always just kind of dreamt of. Is that's what happens in movies—is you get proposed to, and it's a super surprise, and it's you bring your hands to your mouth and you start crying, and it's just such a beautiful, sweet moment. But then I just realized. More and more as I was with Baron that, and be, just became an adult, that you usually you talk about if you want to be married. And usually the proposal is very much not a surprise. And well, I don't know. You could still. You can be surprised. Yeah. But I mean, like, my brother and his wife, she knew it was coming. So Eric had to work hard to make her not, like, anytime they'd go out to dinner, it was like, okay, is this going to be the night? Is this going to be the night? And then it, he did a great job because it was actually a going away party for my sister that he proposed to Hannah at. And it was perfect. I didn't get to be there. But once I kind of realized that this fairy tale thing is not actually what it's what it is, then I I don't know. It's not that I gave up like it's not at all that I haven't or you haven't wanted. We haven't wanted to be married. Like, no, it's just like we are as far as we're concerned. And we have been. For a long time. We've but. been proud of our relationship being such a strong relationship 
without marriage. Yeah, because the the what turns me off to marriage really is the idea of having a legal document from the government that like arbit is the arbiter of your relationship. That just is gross to me. Oh my goodness! And then realizing the chaos of divorce and yeah. splitting money and assets and things and it's like how does a the government then you have to go to court yeah. sometimes and it just seems like how let's not involve them so that yeah. we can do this our own way if if we want to and need to and since we aren't particularly like there isn't a religion that we like subscribe heavily to but at the same time i think the like holy union and everything is really cool and having a, a party to like celebrate our relationship and everything will be awesome. Now it's just a matter of like figuring out when that's going to work. Let's and we have some like thoughts on that, but we kind of jumped ahead. Let's oh. let's talk about that later. End it with okay. that. Okay. And kind of rewind back to what Moving happened. Into the scamp. Yeah, what happened to our relationship in the scamp? At f when we f so before moving into the scamp, it was really difficult because we didn't have a ton of money. I had stopped working at like with the company that I ha was working with, so I had to like scrounge for clients and stuff at the time, and I was trying to get the scamp done at the same time. So that was just difficult. And then we moved into the scamp at Chelsea and Duron's, and that kind of like gave us some grace. Yeah, it did. It month. was a wonderful opportunity. To kind of be in between and learn how to do this. Also see if it was possible mm -hmm. with a house that had a bathroom and friends who were supportive. But then at that point, I was trying to get the mini already because the mini had been sitting out at our last house because the starter had gone out and I didn't have any money to fix it. So I got the starter fixed and a number of other things and then had to install the hitch and do the wiring harness and everything. And then, like, a couple days before we hit the road, we took a test drive for the first time because it took forever to get all the parts and all that. So, and that was pretty cool that you did all that yourself, too. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Instead of taking it in somewhere, you just learned how to do it yourself. And that was a very, very much foreshadowing for the whole rest of the time we were in the scamp. Yeah, I was amazed at how well that actually worked. So then we blasted off, and that was really fun. Like, that was just so... It was intense... Like a level of intensity that I wasn't used to, but it was, um, I don't know, really exciting. It was just, it felt like we had escaped. Yeah. Not that we had anything terrible that we were leaving behind. Uh, we had really awesome community and opportunities in Kansas City and all of our family in Kansas City, but we knew we wanted something different. We wanted to get out of that uh, kind of daily ritual of work sleep work sleep yeah and then uh, i mean a lot of it was super desperate though like it wasn't just fun honestly was... like the majority of it wasn't <laughs> that fun it was just like dealing with a lot of stress it was so scary to not have a the same type of income stream as i did in kansas city it was so scary also to just go live a day without working because when when you don't have as many expenses, you don't have to pay for so much. So you don't need to bring in as much money, which means you don't have to work so much unless you want to work and build up a savings. But but like so, a lot of days, even if we wanted to work, like especially me, since I was still doing client work, it was like I want to work and I need money, but I can't really do anything. We didn't have a Wi-Fi hotspot. Right. Very little solar power. That's why we spent so much time at coffee shops, which was really fun. That was so much fun. But it was... In retrospect. Yeah. But in the moment, it was pretty intense. It was stressful to learn how to do something completely different and to just... Baron was very much a support for me to know that it's okay to just, to just be. I don't have to hustle. We're doing something very different. You're fine. Well, and even if you... like. Sometimes it would be nice if we could have hustled, but there was nothing to like hustle for, you know? So uh, we had to just relax or do things around the scamp without internet or whatever. And that was just a wild thing to adjust to. We had some arguments 
just like any other, I mean, we have arguments. Um, but it, it sort of was, it, we were going through so much newness that the challenges were, and the fights I think were a little extra hard, but we, neither of us wanted to give up and go back to what we were doing and what we left. So it was like, we're going to stick this out and figure out how to do this. We learned how to kind of separate tasks over time and figure out the things that Baron was good at and the things that I was good at. And then we kind of developed these systems that helped everything, all the stressful times of moving, finding new places, unpacking, all of that made those types of things a lot more fluid once we figured out how to kind of separate the that roles. Was, there was a mindset shift there where it wasn't like up to that point we were in a relationship and then mm. the scamp kind of taught us how to be a team and how to really work together. Mm-hmm. And in those like lifestyle oriented things, there was a lot of like delineating what I should do or what I can do and what you can do. And then even in work as well, it was like trying to figure out how to work together for making videos and everything was, that was difficult too. I had never, when I was doing my body paint and stuff, I, you couldn't be anywhere even close to me filming my voiceover. Yeah. I couldn't have anyone hear me. It was very, a very private thing. Like I'd have to have headphones on upstairs. And so doing voiceovers then when we're in this tiny little trailer it was kind of, okay, you got to go, Baron. Right. You gotta Initially, go. I would just go walk for an hour uh-huh. or something. And then now it's so easy to do that stuff together. But also sometimes, like, if we need it, it's just easier to separate. Yeah. Because it helps you be a little bit more. Well, what was difficult for me, though, in learning to work together was that you are pretty stubborn. Like, you, you have an idea. And if it's not your idea, then... Sometimes you're not super interested in it. And that was hard to figure out. And it's not that, like nothing's bad. You're just so creative that you like need, like you have a vision and want that kind of control. So I really had to learn to play support for that, you know? I don't think I said anything wrong or mean. No, but I also don't think that I have to have ultimate control. I feel like I give up a lot of control a lot of times when working on group stuff, which is so rare because I cannot, I just can't. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I don't, it's not a bad thing. It was just like a dynamic that we had to figure out. Like I had to. I don't like the idea of being a controlling person. You're not necessarily, like you're hardly controlling. You're just stubborn. It's not that you're necessarily trying to control it. You just want your idea to win. I can tell my face is getting red out of embarrassment. <laughs> it's not bad because it like that. That is how you um, execute on your creative vision. You know, because you see it. And I didn't like. I hadn't made videos in the past. So then, trying to figure out how what I'm thinking and doing would integrate into your vision was pretty difficult and figuring out like even still it's like when i'm shooting something i have to i don't know what's going on in your head or what you filmed so far i see the video in my head right before i even have filmed it and i don't know a lot of times what you have filmed so then i'm like okay how can i augment this or how can i add to it or like what shot would make sense and it's a it's just hard to know exactly what is useful you can't read my mind well i'm doing pretty well at it but not in totality no well that's too bad yeah i got some great stuff i could do better i could do better but then yeah then there's like the aspect of and this is kind of a touchy subject in the current like social climate but um of gender roles and the things that we did or still do that are more traditional and the things that we do that like broke gender roles. I would say I would like to start with the things that broke gender roles because truly I'm quite, I really like gender roles. I like participating in the kind of classic feminine way of living as a woman. I enjoy that. Yeah. And I, 
like the inverse. Yes, and I think that, yeah. But the ways that we kind of break... But that's not to say that anybody else should be forced no, to do that. No, everybody can do whatever they want. Yeah. But like we've tried all the kinds of things and this is what works for us. I think that in our male to female partnership, I really love having the freedom to be able to sometimes take on more masculine things. I really enjoy going out and being part of the hunt and stuff. I wanted to do it more and I hope that I can do it more in the future. But I also really just, I care about the after process of tanning hides and making stuff out of the hides and cooking the food. And I think that that all is, I care a lot more about that. And I love that you care about the hunting side of things, like the very classic traditional male, female gender roles like of ancestral. like ancestral. Yeah. yeah. I think that's cool. But I also, you give me all the freedom in the world to um, like the money because this has been my YouTube channel from the beginning. It was only mine with body paint and then it became ours. But the money still comes to my bank account. Um, and this is our very much our main source of income. So Baron is always like he's never had an ego thing of the money coming into my account versus his. And you also don't have an ego thing. You have a, like a very much frustration, but you keep all of the shit together. You keep like, you're so good at being both maternal and paternal. Well, thanks. But with the money thing too, I've never been motivated by money. Like once I have enough money to be relatively comfortable, which doesn't take a lot for me, then it I, it's like, I read, um, I think it was Think and Grow Rich or one of the Tony Robbins books, but he talked about self-limiting beliefs. And one of mine is that money corrupts. And I, but to like remedy that, the idea is that like the money is better in my hands because I'll be a better steward of it than someone who is super greedy. So that's kind of how I like cognitively remedy that. But I've almost like been, make it okay that you have money. Yeah. But I've almost been averse to like making more money from like, especially working with clients and stuff. It's like if they were paying me more, I'd, kind of feel bad you know mm -hmm. when my the work was worth far more from a value perspective than what I was getting paid but and I've I, always had a strange relationship like that with money and I am afraid of money and I feel like if I don't have it I'm afraid mm -hmm. so it's kind of an interesting also not very healthy relationship with money yeah but it makes you more comfortable to like be able to pop open your bank account and be like oh we're good whereas like it doesn't really Oh my god! Or me, not? As long as we just have enough. Or not check my bank account. <laughs> no, the other day at the uh, grocery store, because you keep most money in a savings account, right? Yes, so that I don't see it and only spend what's in my checking. I keep very little, like tops a thousand dollars in my checking at any given time. So, we've been on a little um, stone buying spree, <laughs> and. We went to the grocery store and Elsa, I have them all sitting right in front of me because yeah. I love them so much. And Elsa's trying to check out and it's like car decline, car decline. <laughs> She's like, well, I have plenty of money, but uh, she'd cleared out her checking account by buying a bunch of turquoise. Okay. No, it was like a tenth of my bank account was spent on turquoise. It was all this metal and this is all so expensive. Yeah. These are the... You'll see them in the next video, but two of the rings that I just made this week. They're pretty awesome. I'm in full support because I think your jewelry making is incredible. And it's unbelievable that what you've done, like your first two rings are, people would buy them and that's crazy. Well, thank you. They're not for sale. I need more practice. So as far as, so we were talking about gender roles and the sort of, I guess I don't necessarily... There are lots of masculine things I'm interested in, but then from like a relationship with friends and stuff perspective, I feel like you could say that's almost more feminine. Mm -hmm. People have told you before too that like you are very good with women. Maybe it's because you're so attractive. Ugh. Stop. But he's very good at being like a brother to women, whereas like to sometimes all of our friends and stuff. Yeah, and 
I don't believe that my friends feel like you ever hit on them. It's never a creepy thing, but more of a very much you you can just understand women. And I feel like it's partially because you've had such a great relationship with your mom. Yeah. So you know how to read women and communicate with them. And, and like my grandparents. Like I spent a lot of time talking to my grandmas. And my great grandma was like my most inspiring person ever, you know? So just sitting and talking to her all the time maybe helped me to understand females a little bit better. I don't know. But then also from like a nurturing perspective, like when with camp, there are lots of times where, I don't know, I feel like more maternal in that, you know? And he doesn't let me be maternal. He doesn't want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> Whatever. I feel like it's always because I've tried too hard to pet him. Like you love him too much. Yes, and he hates it. Yeah. He doesn't want that. And you just give him space. So then he always sits with you. Yeah, because I try not to bother him. But I'm excited for when we do have kids. I think that'll be... I think we'll be good at that. And I think... Like I'll be able to take some of the responsibility that I think oh, yeah. isn't typical. We would know? really love to, I mean, of course, breastfeeding is going to be a huge, important thing, but I want to make sure to get that thing on a bottle so that Baron can be as much a part of the process as anything. And for you to be able to take the baby, walk around, do walks and stuff, I... And leave the baby, like, with my parents or yeah, whatever, too. I, I want... And I know that you can't ever really like plan for it. You don't know how it's going to be. But um, I want it to be very much like a tag team, not my baby and you support me, but we are growing this baby together kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, totally. If only I could get have Boobs. the baby and do the whole thing. But Yes, maybe sleep someday. will be interesting. Um, and then, I don't know, as far as like more traditional gender role things, like Honestly, hunting has been, that was, just getting into that this year felt really good to get, like, a bounty and then fill our freezer. Just hits me in kind of a primal, That kind way. of providing for us, for me, I think is so hot. When <laughs> that kind of, like, very masculine thing and effort I is so cool. There's mm -hmm. not, it seems like there's not as many men who are getting into that kind of stuff. Like backcountry wild men. But that makes sense given our culture. Like when we were in the city, I didn't have a outlet for a lot of my more primal urges. So the, in that, our sort of, we were almost not like we're always equal, but we were more equal in our distribution of what would be one gender role and another. Yeah, we were both working. We were right. both making our own food because we right. didn't know how to cook. So everything was like there wasn't any divergence there, which is fine too. But Because um, a lot of people want that. A lot of women yeah. want to be treated more like men right. in the workplace and, and all that, and that definitely makes sense. Yeah. But then in this, to kind of fall back into more traditional patterns has been interesting and it feels like, okay, like I fix all the things and keep everything running and take care of the tools and sharpen our knives and all that. And like you do more artistic, like feminine things and cook and stuff. I keep sitting over here like, what am I good for? Well, you, like if you the, can be the mom thing, and the dad, what am I doing here? A big thing that you do that is edit the videos, and you spend loads of time on that. And like that's a lot of what I do is just support you in that, so that you can just like go full edit mode and not think about anything else. That one quote or saying that you keep me safe, I keep you wild. I think <laughs> can be can be used for our relationship for sure. Like running off to do ayahuasca, and um, I, w I like to go visit friends sometimes. I haven't in a minute with the state of the world and stuff. But. That was another thing with, with ayahuasca when we had an experience together was seeing your divine feminine, like just in its truest, like most uh, uh, confident form mm -hmm. was awesome. 
like you just like dancing with your hands and stuff was just like, oh my God, she's so cool. <laughs> and so pretty. But yeah, that was that was really neat and illuminating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was way more fun to do that ceremony together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we learned a ton. That would probably be like a worthwhile podcast of its own. Yes. If I'm not afraid to talk about it that. anymore. We used to mention it on our live streams, but now with uh, psychedelic compounds being studied for the use of PTSD and therapy and all that, I am I'm more confident to talk about how it's really helped us. Yeah. Changed our lives for the better. And I think a lot of people that react adversely to it see it as something that challenges traditional or modern religion, but I don't think that that necessarily needs to be the case at all. I think it can bring you closer to God, however you define God. Mm. Mm-hmm. Preach. But yeah, that'll be a maybe a soon podcast if y'all are interested in it. So we hit on working as a team. Should we go into the most fun subject? I suppose so. Yeah. and this I mean, one, this is the one that in, impacts us the most. Yeah, and it could be a podcast of its own and maybe... We'll um, glance over it and then we can. Yeah, I've wanted to talk about this as a podcast or any type of content forever is um, my period because this is something that impacts us constantly. Can we start by talking about it like practically, like what a period is, what PMS is, how frequently periods happen and ovulation just so that we're like all on the same page? Because I feel like a lot of dudes me included until a few years ago, are totally in the dark. Yes, which should not be the case because half of us on this planet are women. So if men could also understand what was going on, it would make all of us work together as a team so much more effectively. And if we could not be embarrassed about it and just talk about it. Yeah, it is too bad. I could have learned this all so much sooner if it wasn't such a taboo topic. But we'll dive in quick into the fundamentals of it and then how we've handled it and how it's influenced us. Um, Women have a period once a month, every 28-ish days. Ovulation happens in between that, right in the middle. And what does ovulation mean? Your egg drops, and that's, there's like a- you can get pregnant. I'm sorry. Do you want to- No, I want you to, no, I just am like filling in, because you say your egg drops, and I thought you were just going to leave it at that. So if- someone was naive I would to love it. to hear you explain what a period is. I don't I don't know anything. Okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to interrupt. I just wanted to clarify that that's what happens then. You go through ovulation around day 14 of your cycle. The cycle starts on day 1 of your period when like bleeding. Day 1, that's the start of your cycle. That's when you start your period. 14 days after that, you ovulate and there's only a 6-day window-ish that you can get pregnant. So this idea that you can get pregnant anytime you have sex that we were taught in school. I didn't I didn't learn that that was not the case until like five years ago. It's so embarrassing. It's absolutely so embarrassing. I just thought that sex means pregnant. But that's not the case. So then um, if you get pregnant, if you have sex and the egg is fertilized by the sperm on during ovulation, Two weeks later, you will either start growing a fetus or you will have a period again and the cycle starts over. And most commonly, it seems that women have PMS about a week before their period. It's not on their period, but usually it's before. And that was something that was totally new to me. Like I thought that PMS happened while you were on your period. So then you're like, you must be on your period. Right. But it's not that easy. And sometimes like once you get your period, then it's like, oh, now emotions are settled again. And the PMS happens because of an imbalance of hormones and the shifting of hormones, because you're going from in certain periods of time, more high estrogen, certain periods of time, higher progesterone, your hormones are constantly fluctuating. So I was, I felt like I got off birth control. Uh, j- right before we moved into this camp, like six months before. Because of an experience you had primarily, right? Well, yeah, because I went and did my first ayahuasca ceremony and I learned some things and that was the last time I ever took hormonal birth control. I didn't want to influence my hormones 
synthetically anymore after that. It's like a really, you do, yeah, that can be its own podcast, yeah. I suppose. I don't mean to like give you little tidbits and then just not tell the full story, but it needs a whole story. Yeah. Um, I stopped taking it and I'd taken it for about eight years just under the assumption that if you have sex, you will get pregnant. So I had to really kind of figure out what my period looked like after that. Because you're not really having a real period when you take the birth control pill. Even if you start bleeding during that week-long period, um, that's not a real period. So I had to learn how to have a period. And it seemed like I just continued having these terrible mood swings. And when we were in the scamp, when I'm having a mood swing or I'm going through PMS, when we're in a space where I can't separate myself and I can't have any space to myself, it was really challenging. And it felt like... It was such a routine thing, which we learned it is, that um, I started kind of looking into my cycle, tracking my basal body temperature to see what was going on and see how my diet was influenced. That was when I started bullet journaling. It was for my period and to learn about all of this stuff. Uh, that was a good, awesome way to keep track of it. And I realized that, oh, this happens about five to seven days before every period, give or take. And this is where a lot of our fights are coming from. Is Like we would pattern. We'd get into like a fight every month. Yes. And it was like I, I couldn't, I didn't know it was happening. So I couldn't clearly say, yo, I'm PMSing. Because it's embarrassing to admit that. It's embarrassing to feel like my feelings are not real. And it's not that like the things that you were bringing up or frustrated about were real things. Like if you were frustrated with me or things that I was doing or not doing, those were real. They were just like bubbled up to the surface more, you know? So then it's to say that you were PMSing so everything that you were frustrated about is not real, I think is pretty naive. It Well, yeah, you're right because it is real. You're just highly, a lot more sensitive at that time. So once I was able to then realized that that's what was happening and that was what was causing my kind of mood shifts then I started kind of explaining that to Baron that that's okay th so this is what's happening okay so so I don't know how to I don't know it was still felt really taboo to talk about to admit but then once we kind of got into that together he gave me the space and the freedom to say okay just let me know when you are feeling like this. Let me know at the wh where you're at in your cycle so that I don't take this personally. So that I know when you're being weird, it's not because I'm doing something wrong. It's more so because you are at a different like hormonal state that is making you take things a lot uh, more emotionally sometimes. <laughs> normal. Because like a lot, I can't help but try to help. Like, it's almost pathological sometimes. It's like, if something is wrong in our relationship or, like, something is up and I can, like, see it on your face, I can't just be like, oh, well, Elsa's mad, you know? I have to, like, figure out what's going on and try to remedy it because it'll just, like, eat at me otherwise. So to know that, like, it's not something I'm doing, you're just, like, in a funk for a minute and maybe I should, like, get you some ice cream in space, you know? Mm-hmm. We also had to, we agreed without kind of saying it. Uh, and this is all the working as a team thing. This We were kind of figuring all this out as we realized that we have to be a team to make a strong relationship work. But we had to kind of agree that when Baron would ask where I'm at in my cycle, it's not like, it's like the movie thing where you <laughs> must be on your period. It's totally a kind of like a slur almost toward women. But... I had to agree or we had to know both of us that when he asks that it's because he's really truly trying to figure out where I'm at and what's happening so that he can help and or like leave me alone. It's still like there's no good way to ask. No. Like when, in the heat of the moment. Like, I think I, I, I got to wait for everything to like cool yeah, off and then be like, hey, is like, where are you at? Because yeah. I can't make sense of this argument that we're in or whatever. Mm -hmm. But figuring out how uh, the best is to like if I'm sure there are apps, but like when I preemptively know like, hey, these next few days, like if you know that like, hey, I'm 
probably going to have a tough cycle because X or Y. So for the next few days, like take it easy on me. Then it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. when it's preemptive, it's a lot easier to interface with when it like bubbles up and we're already in an intense fight. And I'm like, are you like PMSing or what? (laughs) Then It's like not, that doesn't work super well. Cause then you're offended by it, whether it's true or not. It's like, no, my feelings are real, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's been something that we've really worked through together, very much together. And Baron has um, taken in all the information that I have absorbed on my own because it's something that not only impacts me, but it very directly impacts him as well. Periods impact everybody. So if we could all kind of learn how they work, it might make things a lot easier for people. But it took time. Learn how to tackle them together. Yeah. But it took time to break the cultural kind of ways of viewing periods and how to talk about them and stuff. It seems like, too, with hormonal birth control, we didn't really ever know, like, there was no predicting that, really. And I think, like, a lot of women don't have PMS, and, like, maybe they don't. Or maybe, like, when you miss a, a dose or something, then that could jack you up, too. So it's like... Jack it's me really, up. Yeah, it's really volatile. I, I, yeah, I know that that happened to you like you could say what was going on and I don't know you could kind of put it together afterward it was pretty severe my experience on birth control but I didn't know that there was another way around it I thought that was the only way to not get pregnant yeah sex ed could be a lot better in school it could be more honest I remember when I was in like should I tell this story I don't know if it was like late elementary school or early middle school they were talking about like how the sperm and the egg get together. And I'm like, spill the beans. Like, how does that happen? And the teachers were just like beating around it. And it's like, well, I have an inkling of how this would work, but they just wouldn't answer the question. And so I tried to, I tried to ask it like raising my hand and they just kind of were like, yeah, we'll get to that in the next segment. And I'm like, well, how are we not going to talk about the punchline here? It's kind of like not teaching taxes in school. Yeah. These are very important, big things in life that you have to just kind of figure out once you get older. Seems like I'd, I don't know, I'd be better off learning about how my cycle and sex organs work when I'm young before I get into it than learning about the periodic table. I don't know. It's kind of fun to learn about that. but. Well, I don't know. There are lots of useless things from my perspective that we learned but for sure um are we good there and maybe we can yeah, if you guys so. are interested hit us with more questions on that topic and maybe we can dive into it more on a later podcast yeah i'm sitting here talking about how it needs to be more open and free and people need to learn more about it but then i'm also at the same time afraid that it's too much to dive into that it's ooh, i don't want to turn anybody off by talking about it um. so if you're turned off by it, then that's okay. Hope that's enough. But back to the marriage thing. We have some, I mean, no, okay, again, we've been married for forever. We have been a union for years. Like, now, I think we have a stronger relationship between us than just about anybody that I know. Like I could name maybe a couple, three older couples that are competitive. <laughs> And I do feel like we maybe couldn't have gotten to that place without experiencing the scamp together, living on top of each other, being with each other 24-7, no more than like 10 feet away from each other, except for like the rare occasions where we would go to the bathroom (laughs) or like travel, whatever. But I think if we hadn't had the opportunities to work together in the ways that we did to keep each other alive, it might be easier just to call it quits when it's not working. Because we had, before that, we had nothing. There was no real time where we were like, okay, this is this is over. But now we're, we've worked for something together. We've worked so hard for it that, I don't know, it to just give up. That would just be stupid. Yeah. Like there's what? no. <laughs> but I guess what I was saying is before the scamp, when we were in yeah. the city, it, it was like, well, there's other fish in the sea. Yeah. Not that that ever crossed our minds. We've neither of us have ever ever done uh, 
Tinder either. Tinder became a thing after we started dating. Never got to play Tinder. I played it for friends a couple times. Oh, yeah? <laughs> huh. I've never even seen it. Oh, you're so loyal. <laughs> but marriage, we do want to have the ceremony of getting married. My best friend Allie got married last year, and I got to be her kind of like a sister in it to her I got to be part of the whole process and be her maid of honor and really help out with everything and seeing her be married to her husband seeing her with her peers and her friends and everybody just showing all of this love to this couple surrounded like surrounding their love with love I don't I don't know this all sounds a little crazy but what I don't think so okay like, I'm with, like, I, I just feel thought the exact it, same way. it was beautiful to see a union be celebrated with the union of their people. Yeah. You know, is that, it, does that, is that what I'm totally. saying? Yeah. So I want to be able to have my people who have co- contributed to our relationship be there with us to celebrate us in our like coming uh, official. Yeah. And like to thank all of them too. Yes. To, to be, like have a big right. party and. And make have people meet each other and for sure i felt just so validated by Allie as like i was i don't know it felt really good to be almost thanked yeah just to be a part of it mm-hmm. and it just their relationship too is so real like it's really sweet yeah we love them yeah. um we hope that they live here so <laughs> so elsa's gonna make us some rings and this is the one that i want as my stone i think it's so cool yeah, because we decided that as we're getting into all of this more serious, like building a house, maybe making babies soon, it would be probably better to be legally married. For- like for taxes and land yeah. and just all the things. It's it's like, I don't know. We're going to, I know, we're going to have to, we'll I have to do I some. I don't do well with um, paperwork and arbitration and people. But I think it will be better to go into this together. And yeah. we've had um, a few opportunities or like thoughts, kind of plans to have a wedding that didn't really work out. So we've decided we will probably just go do the thing. We're just gonna go do the thing. Maybe have a wedding later because we want- We'll, we'll definitely have a wedding Oh yeah, later, I but... should say definitely. Because we've wanted to have a wedding in a place that really means a lot to us and that is our land but it is not very set up right now. We got to do a bunch of things. We got to build a freaking house. So we'll do a wedding later, but we might make things official soon. And so then looking into the rings, I haven't said this on YouTube yet, but looking into wedding rings just felt like this also doesn't feel very special to me. So I'm going to buy an entire metalsmithing kit and I'm going to make us our own wedding rings. That's why I got my whole kit. Oh, that's the only reason. Well, it's not the only reason, but that is what made me finally... I've been wanting to have a kit for years, and what finally made me pull the trigger is I want us to have our own rings that are cool and special to us. Yeah, that we choose the stones for and everything. Yeah. So, we will uh, do that soon. You'll probably be seeing us wearing rings, and how cool will it be to have Link as my last name? Wow, magical. I mean, fr- freaking sweet. Let's freaking be honest. Sweet. That's a cool last name. I think it's pretty cool. Like so, Link from Zelda. Right. That's what people always say. Do you think we'll be together forever? I mean, I, as far as I can tell, yeah. Great. Okay. I like that answer. I was going to say that <laughs> in order to be together forever, we will just need to continue working in the same way that we have especially these last five years yeah. of if there's an issue, we both have to be willing to kind of drop our egos and make things work. Yeah. If only I am feeling like you need to change, you're the only one that needs to change, we will get nowhere if, and vice versa. We yeah. both have to um, put in the same amount of effort to make things work smoothly and work together. Yeah. Thanks. I would say that it would be a, a t- something that I would tell other people Maybe if things aren't working out, that's what has worked well for us. Yeah. We got to mutually adapt. The whole 
window is covered in snow. Yeah, we can't see out anymore. It's pretty neat. Well, I hope that that was an interesting podcast. A little bit all over the place. A little bit. Um, If you have any thoughts on podcast topics, we love hearing them. Last week, we answered a podcast topic uh, comment that somebody suggested. And if you see comments in the like YouTube comments, read a couple of them and give a thumbs up to whichever ones are close to yours. And then if there's nothing close to your idea, then throw up a new one. But if we could get like the most interesting ones upvoted, that would be really useful because we could kind of sort through. I mean, I suppose that's subjective. If you think it's interesting, thumbs it up. Yeah. But also just leave a comment and say hi. You don't even have to like tell us what you want to hear. Just comment. Totally. Because this has been pretty fun, this whole podcast thing. And there is a very obvious, dedicated group of you who continues to come back to these. And we see you. We really appreciate you. And we thank you. And if you are a listener that's only listening on your favorite podcast app, it would be so helpful for you to give us a five-star rating and leave a nice review if you'd like. Yeah, the text reviews help people too, just to find it and then see what it's all about. So. That would be wonderful if you could do that and share it with a friend. If if you think they would like it, don't share it with people that don't like it. Thanks again to our sponsors. You are really one of a kind. Elsaray.com and normaltonomad.com. <laughs> okay, we should probably stop. Okay, I'm losing it. Okay, thanks for listening and watching. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Please give us a five-star review if you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on this episode, head over to my website, normal2nomad.com, which is linked in the show notes. And if you want to see what we're up to, visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Elsa Ray.